0: hey joel oh hey nick how's it going it's really good actually yeah Uh, i was sick a few days ago but i'm feeling better now and that man being sick and then not being sick just gives you a whole new perspective you know what i mean
1: yeah i often forget how i what what feeling okay was like when i'm really sick yeah yeah but uh no it's definitely uh yeah it's definitely giving me a new
0: outlook on life Hey, uh, one nice. thing I have to apologize for is uh, there—they are building a house next door, and uh, so if you hear some construction background noise, people yelling at each other, and uh, you know, like hammering and stuff like that, I'm—I'm I'm
1: really sorry, but it's just—that's fine. There. All right, I'll cool. let you know if I hear it. All right, sounds good. So we're now a few days after Christmas. Did um what 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 arrived at your home during the this this festive period oh man well
0: uh tons of legos for starters uh, we got our kids so many legos and then my aunt got them more legos and so we have like piles of legos but i'm sure you're not asking about my kids i'm sure you're asking about what i got for christmas Um
1: yeah a little bit of both yeah uh, a little bit of both
0: maybe <laughs> <laughs> probably less about legos and more okay yeah so Uh, Although I am, I am disproportionately excited about all the Legos that we've got. Uh, So the big thing that arrived uh, that my wife bought for me is she got me a pair of Sony noise-canceling headphones. These are the, oh, what's the model number? It's so long. (laughs) The 1000 XM3s, I think. The really easy to remember model name. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So you've got the Bose um, QC35s, right? Yes. And the thing about that model number is I can actually remember that quite easily actually like I don't even own those headphones And I know what they're called, right? Okay. I look these up. They're the WH-1000XM3s Okay, Hol- holy cow. Why Sony? Why not just call them like headphone three and everybody would know what they were so yeah, okay, so yesterday when you and I talked on the phone um, not podcast phone just phone phone uh, actually, not yeah. even phone, phone. We used, uh, did we use Telegram or did we use WhatsApp? We used WhatsApp. We did
1: WhatsApp audio.
0: Yeah, yeah, we did WhatsApp. Um, so I was telling you about the the woes regarding uh, like which device they're connected to and how hmm. you can pair that. Apparently, you can pair these with up to nine devices, but it will always just connect to the last thing that was on right so if you take your iPad downstairs and you want to watch something on your iPad but your phone is upstairs (laughs) too bad they're paired with your phone and you have to go upstairs get your phone shut Bluetooth off on your phone and that is the only way to kick them off right huge huge pain point there I have found a partial solution to the problem okay Uh, so uh, have you ever used NFC near field communication on your phone ever used that before
1: uh, I have, but being an iPhone user it's only for contactless payments.
0: Okay, so you use it for Apple pay. That's what it's called, right? Apple pay Yes yeah okay I I used it like twice for Android pay on my phone and it was I don't know it was nerdy and I just felt like it was more effort It was more effort than it was worth. It's easier just to get out my debit card and you know go from there. These headphones have an NFC reader in them. And so, right. if, so if you hold your phone up to them, in this case, my budget Android phone, if I hold my my phone up to them, it automatically pairs them to the headphones. It goes, bloop, bloop, Bluetooth bloop, connected, and it's, it's done. It's paired to your okay. phone. Then if you want to unpair it from your phone and free it up for something else to use, you do the same thing. You hold your phone up against it, and it unpairs it from your phone. Not unpairs it, but disconnects it from your phone. Mm-hmm. And then on my iPad, I can go into Bluetooth and hit connect to headphones, and boom, it works.
1: Oh. You see, for a minute, then I thought you were going to say on the iPad, you could do the same thing. But sadly,
0: no, no because the iPad does
1: not have any kind of NFC.
0: It does not so have. Well, yeah. I'm pretty
1: actually I'm pretty sure the, the iPad does have NFC. It's just Apple is locked. It's locked down.
0: OK, gotcha. So it's not general use NFC. Yeah, it's only for what? Pairing like ear pods and stuff like or earpods. No, like pods.
1: I the, <laughs> do. You know what? Maybe I'm wrong. But the the phones definitely have NFC, but mm-hmm. n- you not general app developers get access to it. Only very specific applications gotcha. can use it. Well, it would be very interesting to see if
0: that whole NFC thing works on an iPhone. I don't have an iPhone in the house. I have an old three GS, so that you know obviously doesn't count. Mm. Uh, I don't have an iPhone to test that with, and so one of these days I'll, I'll need to you know try that with a pair of uh, with an iPhone and see if that works. But okay. But there, so it really, I mean, that kind of eased the pain a lot of the whole, how do I connect it to a different device? It helped. It didn't solve everything, but it helped.
1: For clarity, though, this NFC pair and release, that basically will help you take the headphones pairing away from whatever it is connected to at the moment and join it to your phone and then release it again from your phone yeah to connect it to something else so i so there
0: is still that use case well what if i go downstairs with my ipad and i carry my ipad all over the place in the house it's it, you know my laptop kind of stays docked at this point and my ipad just mm-hmm. goes everywhere in the house the the one thing that this does not solve is what if i go downstairs and i leave my phone upstairs and and then i realize oh my headphones are paired to my phone i got to go all the way back upstairs you know so i have to have my phone with me unfortunately usually my phone lives in my pocket usually and so i think it's workable i think i can make it happen so
1: okay so just i mean this this displeases me that the sony has a uh, an inconvenient pairing and repairing process and i think Mm -hmm. it just bears mentioning that the bose headset has a similar problem it's that the bose can maintain a connection to two bluetooth devices simultaneously right which when i only had two devices was great Mm -hmm. but now that i have three regular devices that i want to use those head that headset with laptop ipad iphone Mm -hmm. it's horrible to manage and the Bose solution is a is an app but honestly the app feels janky and it doesn't it's not usually, smooth. It's not,
0: yeah. So they
1: usually do, yeah. It it is also suffering the the Bose. Now, admittedly, though the Bose QC35 is now not the flagship because there's oh, really? no, a, yeah. There's like a a new one called the 700 series or something oh, like
0: this. Oh, 700.
1: But oh yeah. So the, the first
0: like on Google, the first thing I get is like Bose 700 versus Sony 1000 XM3s. So oh, I did not realize I, it
1: dislike the design language of that new one
0: ah uh, ooh, I, I see what you mean the headband kind of goes to a long point kind of thing yeah I, i'm with you there it doesn't
1: look industrial does it
0: no it looks very toy like it looks thin it looks it looks breakable also um the the xm3s are 280 right now on amazon the okay. bose 700s are 350 so yeah That's a pretty big, that's a pretty big gap in price too. And yeah, I'm just not convinced that Bose has got it figured out either. I mean, seriously, AirPods are the only ones that really truly do have this figured out, right?
1: I think so. My experience with AirPods, now now don't get me wrong, the AirPods sometimes get it wrong. And that's also incredibly frustrating because... You're doing everything you should and they won't pair for whatever reason. But it, it doesn't happen very regularly. Generally speaking, the process of moving AirPods, be that Generation 1, 2, or the AirPod Pros, mm-hmm. I have found that pairing and unpairing and moving the, uh, the pairing between iPhone, laptop, and iPad, that has been very good. Right, right. Well,
0: I don't know. It's it's interesting how I remember reading back, like in Maximum PC, way back in the day, as a mag, like a computer magazine that uh, that my brother subscribed to when we were kids. Uh, I remember them, you know, talking about like, the, you know, right now we have a LAN, a local area network, and we have WAN, a wide area network. Well, soon there's going to be a PAN, a personal area network, and it was this kind of forward look at, you know, what it might look like where you had a Bluetooth headset and you had a Bluetooth cellular phone and. And all this stuff that was all connected and it's like i realized i don't know it was a couple of months ago i was like whoa i'm here like i've got a pan on me right now i've got my pebble smartwatch i've got my phone i've i've got my uh you know well now i've got my my headphones like i even have a bluetooth obd2 reader in my car so i can like monitor its temperature more accurately um, what is an
1: obd2 uh,
0: okay so in um in in cars, uh, there is a an interface to the car. It's a physical plug, and it's uh, it's called OBD2. OBD stands for onboard diagnostics. Uh, it's okay. primarily for emissions testing, but it's also useful for mechanics. Like if the check engine light comes on, you can plug in an OBD2 reader into that plug, and gotcha. you can pull the codes that the computer on the, the you know the engine control unit has generated. Uh, yep. you, could, you can also get stats off of it like temperature and engine load and stuff like that it's really really interesting but I have a Bluetooth OBD2 reader that just stays plugged in you know down you know above the the pedals in my car it just lives there and okay. you know and then I've got my Bluetooth head unit and it's just Bluetooth is everywhere I'm, I'm using it for a Bluetooth mouse and keyboard like it just like I look at the amount of devices that I have paired with my phone It's it's crazy I've got 20 things paired with my phone and yes we have these annoying things like this where i can't get my headphones to unpair or not unpair but disconnect from a device so i can connect to my other device but it is shocking how well it all does work the fact that it works at all i think is actually pretty cool but that's just i don't know it's getting all philosophical for a minute there (laughs) you know what i do think is funny too is here we are evaluating a couple of 300 dollars headphones right because uh, my guess is that's probably what the QC35s cost you back in the day, probably about 300 yep. bucks USD, I don't know, something like that. And the number one thing that we're talking about is how easy it is to connect and disconnect it from devices. We're not talking about how good the noise canceling is. We're not talking about how good the audio quality is. We're not talking about how comfortable they are. We're talking about can I connect and
1: disconnect them from my devices? That's what we'll we care about. about. that annoys me the most about my tech yeah. not 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 what's really good about it just just the stuff that really annoys me <laughs> maybe
0: maybe we should change the name of our podcast to like stuff stuff about tech that annoys us or annoying the annoying tech podcast <laughs>
1: we could, yeah uh, maybe but not but i think i think, think yeah that's that's maybe that's maybe a good point uh i think overall the performance of the Bose QC35 is very very good perfectly adequate for what i want to use them for i just want to concentrate on the things that it doesn't do well. Right, right.
0: And I am ridiculously happy with these Sony XM3s. They they've ticked almost all the boxes with that one minor annoyance. I mean, the noise canceling is phenomenal. I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm looking forward to getting on an airplane with these and seeing mm. how they perform on an airplane. I'm I'm like excited about that.
1: Roundup question on the headphones. Sure. What do you think you're going to do if and when Apple releases the their version of over the over the ear headphones with noise cancelling that's very comfortable really good noise noise cancellation and has the pairing down to a t yeah between that's iphone a great, devices
0: that is a great question there is one additional feature that it absolutely must have for me well there's two additional features it must have for me to purchase uh yep it must have USB-C charging. It, it must. Um, unless I make the jump to iPhone and I end up just giving up and having lightning stuff in my bag, I guess I would be okay with it charging with lightning. That would be okay. Um, anything but
1: micro USB.
0: Anything but micro USB. I No micro USB. Yep. I'm okay with micro USB, you know, for like powering a Raspberry Pi, or I was talking to somebody about this on Twitter a few moments ago. If it's something that sits still at my house, I'm fine with micro USB. Sure. I just don't want it in my bag anymore um the second absolute requirement it must do this for me to purchase is it must have a 3.5 millimeter headphone input it must Ah, that is non-negotiable and here's why uh nintendo switch it does not do bluetooth audio it just does not do that and i'm sorry i play the switch on my airplane or my airplane i play my switch on the airplane all the time i don't own an airplane to be clear uh and uh and and also like I you know I'm kind of a retro gamer. I have old Game Boys yeah. and things like that, and I I take them with me on trips and I play them. I have to have 3.5 millimeter. Uh, I have
1: to have that. It just must yeah. be there. But I think that's not. I mean, that's not a crazy ask, is it? Like your Sony's have it. The Bose have it. Like any of these high end headphones that are Wi Fi. Uh, sorry, that are wireless, but are also quote unquote studio. I think. I think a three. I think an analog input is, you kind of a given to be expected.
0: It. Yeah. So if they release something, if it's a decent price point, uh, I would be very likely to bite on that. Very likely. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd just compare them to the Sony's and just kind of make that decision. Like, okay, how much of a pain have the Sony's been? How good. Uh, and the Sony's have a lot of features that I don't care about, like they have like 3D surround, blah blah blah. I just don't care. Like they just just make some good, straight up stereo headphones. That's what I want. And if Apple does that, I would be very interested.
1: Yeah, it's just just yet another opportunity for me to uh, give some more money to Apple. I think. Right. But, yeah. Uh, but I feel the same. I feel I feel the same way. If the experience with overhead from overhead earphones from Apple was the same. Pairing experiences with the AirPods. Sign me up. Probably. Yeah. Sign me yeah. up. Hilariously, so apart- as we record this it. podcast
0: right now, I'm not even wearing my Sony's. I'm actually wearing my oh, old John. Audio Technicas because I I haven't even you. got the 3.5 millimeter cable out of the case yet to like try. I haven't not plugged <laughs> anything into them. <laughs> And to be honest, at my desk, I probably will continue to use the old Audio Technicas. I, I probably will use these for a long time because they just stay plugged in and they just live here. So I interrupted yes. you, though. You were going to, I think you were about to change the subject or something. I'm, I'm definitely good with that. So, uh,
1: so what else did you get tell me about the other thing that you got maybe this wasn't a christmas present but it was certainly arrived around the christmas time which
0: makes me feel incredibly greedy as a person to have something show up that i purchased around christmas that just makes me feel horrible have you ever done that like you buy something for yourself around christmas and you're like what am i doing yes (laughs) you you did absolutely oh Oh, okay well do you want i'll I'll talk about my thing and then you and then you can tell me what you bought unless it's the same thing okay no, it's um, not the same thing. It's not okay. the same thing. <laughs> All right, good. So, um, yeah, the, the, uh, uh, so Prusia announced the Prusia Mini. Um, uh, did we talk about that in the last yeah, episode? Yeah, I can't yeah, remember. No, on episode yeah. one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, in, in episode one, right. So it arrived. It, it showed up. Uh, and... Um, I unboxed it I probably would have had it put together in about 30 minutes but I kept getting called away you know people were stopping by to drop off Christmas goodies and there's just a lot of things going on so it it took me a couple hours to get it done but if I could have focused on it it would have taken me 30 minutes to have it printing to have it up and running Uh, so the setup process was very painless it was like three pieces to put together Um, I instead of using the written they actually send you like a nice printed booklet like with all the instructions right there like color pictures and everything which I I really appreciate when companies do that but Joe Prusha just put some videos on YouTube and I just watched those and those were more than enough to get me up and running okay I really appreciated how he covered everything that you need to do to get your first print off of it in a couple of 10-minute YouTube videos it was very detailed very good uh, and very casual too. It's just, you know, Joe Prusha just talking into a camera, which I think is great. Uh, so got, got the first prints off of it. It comes with a USB flash drive. That is one thing that they have changed is it's no longer an SD card. Now it is a USB mm-hmm. flash drive. Uh, okay. and they had a bunch of G codes all pre-sliced and ready to go on the flash drive. So you just plug in the flash drive, load some filament and bam, you can be printing something. And it's just one of their pre-sliced pre models. I printed like a a nut and a a screw, like a nut and a bolt. And they, they came out beautifully. They also include a couple little pieces of PLA, which is nice, not a full spool, but enough to get some little, you know, things printed on it. Uh, so first impressions, the print quality, um, when printing with PLA is phenomenal, It's very, very good. I mean, like the parts are just beautiful. The walls line up nicely. Uh, There's no stringing the top layers look beautiful the bottom looks you know Like like the print surface looks awesome because you have the textured sheets like it was just really really good Um, okay, so that's the positives like easy to use um, and uh, Highly recommended from an ease of use standpoint, but let's talk about the negatives there. There actually Uh are some negatives Yeah, yeah, so the first negative is that the USB flash drive is incredibly finicky I have to dis- unplug it and plug it back in like six times sometimes to get it to recognize the flash drive, which huh. my guess is that there's a firmware issue there. I I can't think of what else that would be. It's got to be a firmware issue. Okay.
1: And, this would be this would be mitigated if you used the Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah, option? which. Yeah, well, so it's actually, it's got an Ethernet port. It's got both Ethernet and it's got a small port on it where you will be able to plug in a very cheap Wi-Fi adapter, a little ESP8266 or whatever. So, but those features aren't even built out yet in the firmware. I mean, Ah. right now, the firmware is bare minimum that you need to do 3D printing, like to 3D print stuff, to change filament, to do automatic bed leveling to do z height settings like it's it is it's extremely minimalistic right now okay so yeah the usb drive is very finicky um but my guess is that they will they will fix that with a firmware update in fact there was one other issue i was having that they already fixed um it was not detecting when it when it got to home uh so the x-axis will move to one side and the z the z-axis will move down like it'll basically the print head goes to a corner and that's called home and it was okay. failing to detect that and it would just go and sit there and grind against itself for like you know five or six seconds they all they, they fixed that in like like hours like hours okay. after i got my printer there was a firmware update that fixed that problem so
1: that you is you were in the first batch of oh yeah deliveries?
0: yeah yeah i ordered i ordered i think two hours after they announced it and it was oh, wow. okay. available yeah like very very first ones okay so finicky flash drive but I think that one's gonna get fixed the second downside to this printer is that mm-hmm. it uses what's called a Bowden system um, so I, I kind of have to explain what that is for this to make any sense so yes. you know how in a 3d printer you have filament that's pulled through the print head with like basically a little gear like there's a little there's little cogs that grab onto the filament and then push it down into the hot end and that's how it extrudes plastic does that make sense how that, that works? makes sense Okay. The the Prusa Mini uses what's called a Bowden system where the that extruder cog sits on the side of the printer and then pushes the filament through a tube and then the tube connects to the hot end and the tube flexes back and forth as the print head moves around. The reason why they did it that way is that if you put a stepper motor on the extruder itself it's very heavy and if you go look at the physical like the you know what the Prusa Mini how, how the physical structure of the printer is that print head needs to be very light and flickable so they move yep. they move the extruder stepper off to the side they push it through a tube and that way the the head of the printer can be flicked around it's very lightweight there are some advantages to that the disadvantage is that you get a little bit of slop in that extrusion process. When you start extruding plastic, it takes a second for it to catch up because it has to kind of the slack has to be taken out of the the line, you know, like it's just not quite as precise for when it can start and stop extruding and for how consistent it can keep that extruder pressure. So Uh the result of that is that um, with PLA, I've had no problems. PLA has just been beautiful, but with PETG, which is a bit more kind of a just a little bit more flexible, I think yeah top layers are not quite as clean they're a little messy uh and additionally uh additionally like small details kind of get messy sometimes because it just can't stop and start the extrusion with with quite the same accuracy as you can with a direct drive extruder but uh, once again I do think that these are probably solvable issues with firmware or with new, you know, profiles and Prusa Slicer to control this stuff. My thought is that they they haven't quite finished dialing all this stuff in yet and I'm just seeing some of the pain points of being an early adopter. So, Okay. So you that, don't think that's a you don't think it's a problem. I know. In fact, it's it's minimal enough that I think I could live with it permanently if I had to. I think Understood. I Yeah, I think I could I think I could live with it. Uh, but that said, I don't think I, I'm not sure that I'll have to. I think they will be able to re- to solve it probably like eighty percent. like eighty percent of this issue will probably go away. They'll never be able to completely fix it, but they can make it a lot better, I think, with some tuning. That's my guess, and I hope that that's what what happens.
1: Okay, and the reason they went for this is because it's lighter than having yeah the direct drive on the on the arm exactly well okay so if you look at the mark 3s it
0: has a lead screw on each side and it's got it's supported from each side right there's a stepper motor on each side that raises the whole the whole thing up and down Yes. on the prusa and so weight isn't a problem there they can put a big old heavy stepper motor and extruder and everything it's all there totally fine doesn't matter but on the prusa mini it's only supported from one side and so weight is a big problem and so they needed to keep it as light as possible. And going with a Bowden extruder was the way to do that.
1: Understood. Okay. I get it. Oh, that doesn't sound too bad. Like, and I, I can uh, stand down. I was getting all concerned about, you know, <laughs> my one that hasn't arrived yet.
0: Right, right. And yeah, and I, I really do think that these are solvable things. Um, I think that they'll get there. I think it is going to take a little bit of time to get the firmware issues sorted out and and one thing that i do think is really fun is i do enjoy buying a product that has a long way to go and watching them through consistent updates and things like that make it better and better and better it kind of it like makes the product it's like features in the product unlock over time which makes it yeah fun and i think we're probably very much going to see that with the Prusa mini cuz they're still adding features to my mark 3s i'm still seeing new features every now and then on that okay. so all right yeah so there's you know so there's the upside of that
1: whole thing Nice. All yeah. right, man. Good. Uh let's 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 talk about I wanted to, uh you asked me a question earlier about why did I switch back to Telegram?
0: Yes. Okay. So, I remember weren't we using Telegram to talk a few yeah. months ago? Can I start by explaining why I use Telegram and not Sure. Okay. So, um I'm for better or for worse, probably for worse, I am on Android, uh, and as you know, on Android we we don't have we have SMS, right? Uh, that's it. That's what yeah. we get is SMS, and like if you send like a picture over SMS, it crunches it to six forty by four eighty. It's if you send a video, it's just terrifying the results. It's awful. Um, SMS is just really outdated now. And, now Google did introduce RCS very recently, which um, kind of solves the pain points a little bit. Uh, it's what does better, RCS stand for? Um, rich communication oh,
1: services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. RCS. Have you? Do you know anything yeah, about yeah, RCS? Are you, um, you heard I heard it about it all? on a podcast recently, and I, I made a mental note to just try and remember what it stood for. Right, right. But yeah. failed. Yeah. Good
0: job. Good job, Google. Um, so RCS, it it, uh, it very it definitely brings a very iMessage-like experience to Android uh, for those that, that opt into it. Um, but here's the problem with that, though. It doesn't solve the problem for me going to iPhone users. So if I wanna text you, I'm stuck with SMS and I look like green text on your end, right? Gross. It's awful, it's really bad. So that's when I turn yeah. to a third-party service like Telegram or WhatsApp to solve the problem and uh, i barely use sms i barely use i probably won't use rcs because i've kind of just moved over to these other systems and uh and the people that i need to talk to on iphone i'm gonna have to still continue to use something like telegram or whatsapp so with that yeah now, now that you understand why i why i so strongly prefer those oh third thing there's a, there's another reason too is i want to be able to, to type in messages from my computer that's just i have yes. that's just just 2019 it's almost 2020 come on this is something that we have to have So tell me about your experience with WhatsApp and Telegram. Why did we start on Telegram, you and I? Why did you quit Telegram? Why did you come, and then why did we move everything over to WhatsApp? And then why why are you back to Telegram? Because this happened in the last few days, and I'm really confused.
1: Yeah. So I was struggling from message communication channel overload, where I would have the WhatsApp app on my laptop and the Telegram app and then iMessage and then Facebook Messenger, but I had to go to a web browser to use that. What else? Slack, that that mm-hmm. was another application, yep. which to begin with, I thought Slack was excellent, but then over time, like the Mac app for Slack just kept falling over and crashing, and then I'd have to restart the application and all of this. So the the real reason that I gave up on Telegram was that I was only communicating with you and one other friend through telegram and i and i was i kind of went through this i need i need to purge the message communication systems that i'm using just let i can trim telegram off because lots more people are using whatsapp mm-hmm. i don't i don't like whatsapp particularly and it's not because of who owns it necessarily it's more just because the whatsapp is always tied to your phone number but your sim card and then you have this odd thing where you might be on an internet-connected device in a basement where your phone doesn't have doesn't have cellular connectivity. Right. And then you try to use this messaging client, and it goes, ah, but your phone's not around. And then you, you have to get the phone out and then join it to the Wi-Fi. Yeah. And that is not necessary. So there was no doubt in my mind that Telegram, for my purposes, was a better choice. Right but I was only talking to two
0: people with it. Yep. And therein lies the issue of all kinds of messaging solutions out there. It's the classic XKCD where he did all the Venn diagrams of all the different messaging systems out there that people use and who is inside what messaging systems. And then there's two people that are using a chat in an old Google Doc from 10 years ago. (laughs) And
1: yeah. I strongly feel that Apple missed... An opportunity here to because there were there were rumors however many years ago about apple developing i'm an iMessage client for android yeah. and i really wish that had happened i because,
0: would use it today i would immediately yeah. begin using that as my primary with my parents with my siblings uh with everybody you i would immediately begin using iMessage and iMessage almost exclusively
1: yeah so It's a real shame that that didn't happen, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And then I switched over to WhatsApp. I tried my best to embrace WhatsApp and there's no getting, there's no, there's no escaping WhatsApp. There are so many people who use it and because it typically makes no difference whether you're on Android or iOS, it's, it's a safe option. It's a safe bet. Yeah. But the app is just horrible it's ugly
0: it's it just doesn't look good and I, I mean to be honest on android like the app is fine it's it's okay speedy it's fine it works pretty well but i think it's ugly like it just is ugly and you know what telegram is to a degree too but if you go like turn on dark mode on it and you can change themes and you can change it to a nice clean theme that looks fairly modern i i think okay it's i don't even remember now it's been so long ago since i set it all up do you want to hear my like chief problem with whatsapp though like yeah okay so and, and i i agree whatsapp is a necessary evil and and i also it's a facebook product that's one thing too it's like it's a facebook product i don't want to give facebook any more of my i don't know how they're making money on that but i don't want them to have anything from me anything mm-hmm. at all even though i know whatsapp does end-to-end encryption and all that um the, the big problem for me with WhatsApp, though, is it, it, like you said, it's very centric to your phone. If my phone does not have internet, WhatsApp does not work. My phone doesn't always have internet access. Additionally, I can only have one one other device basically tethered to WhatsApp. I can run WhatsApp on my phone. Uh, I can't run WhatsApp on my iPad because they don't have a freaking iPad version. Ah! Yeah. And so I'm constantly, and and I I have many devices. Now I have my work laptop, I have my personal laptop, I have my iPad, I have my phone. And so now I I end up going back to my phone to punch in messages anyway because WhatsApp is signed in on a random tab in Chrome on my other computer that's not out right now. (sighs) Whereas Mm -hmm. with Telegram, I just have the Telegram app on everything and it's not centered around my phone and it just works. Yeah, and,
1: and I think were you done? Yeah, that's that basically it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to. I just wanted to second that, and I think that it was the because I go through phases of using the iPad quite heavily and then drifting back to the laptop and then back to the iPad. And the lack of good iPad app for WhatsApp was one of the big reasons that drove me back to Telegram. Is yeah. that no matter where you are, be that laptop or iPad, the the app, the interface to WhatsApp, is some horrifyingly wrapped web page. Yeah. And that's not at all nice to use. And so, nope. to cut a long story short, uh, I came across this application called uh, Stack, which yeah. allows you to just rack up a whole bunch of websites and have them all living in one application. And since I started playing with that, I've become a little bit more comfortable with just having, say, Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp sat in this. And now they're not taking up... Now, I haven't got, you know, five or six messaging clients sat in the dock of my laptop. Right. But but having said all this, I tried using Telegram through Stack, and the, the, the interface was significantly less feature-rich than the application. And so... Right. Now we now we've gone full circle. I've got the Telegram app installed on the iPad, iPhone and Mac, but it does work well. And yeah. I think it is a I think it is a serious contender to iMessage for yeah. those who don't have iPhones. And
0: man, once again you come back to like if there is just iMessage on Android, the problem's solved because I'm in this weird place where I have an Android phone and then I have a MacBook and then a work MacBook and an iPad, and my wife is the same same way. She has uh, an old MacBook Air, her new iPad and an Android phone. And so, it, it, and she's having some major problems too because she just, uh, we just got her the iPad. She just activated it. And right. immediately everyone that she knows that has uh, an iPhone, the messages are only going to her iPad and she's gone in and disabled it several <laughs> times and it keeps re-enabling and she's just stuck in like in iMessage hell right now and it's awful. Uh, yes.
1: Oh, right. So the iPad registered her with, it kind of phone took number. over her phone number? Uh-huh.
0: Yep. And so, oh, nice. and so every, yeah. everyone's Apple, everyone in the iMessage ecosystem is now sending messages strictly to her iPad. And so she yep. has to remember to go look at her iPad. And I, I think the problem has finally started to stabilize where she's getting SMS again. She's back to green text. It's a mess, though. I mean, messaging. It once again, we're back to this thing where it's almost twenty twenty, and I can't make my Bluetooth headphones pair to the or connect to the right device, and I can't just get messages on my laptop and my iPad and my phone. And it has to be stupid, complicated, and dumb, and I hate it.
1: Ugh, why? I mean, the 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 uh, the messaging thing there, that message routing, that must be so incredibly frustrating. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's not maybe being eased as much as it could be. Right.
0: Well, okay, so probably four years ago, somebody gave me, at the time, it was long enough ago that an iPhone 4 was just on the edge of, you know, currently supported devices by Apple. So somebody gave me an iPhone 4. And I was like, oh, I'll test drive iPhone for a few days and see what I think of this. And so I, I, you know, shut my Android phone off, pulled out the SIM card, popped it in the iPhone... And I drove iPhone for a couple of days. And it was nice. It was it's okay. Yeah, I thought it was good. And then when I switched back, I wasn't getting messages from anybody. And it took me a couple of, I think, a couple of days to realize that they were all going into the iMessage black hole. And I didn't have an iPad at the time. I never opened up the chat app on my Mac. And so I had days and days and days of people texting me and me not ever texting them back. And so then when I finally did figure it out, I got the iPhone back out, I powered it back on, I turned off iMessage on it. And even then it took a couple of more days for the situation to stabilize and for me to start getting text messages again from wow. iPhone users.
1: Yeah, it's a big problem. That, that's horrific. And yet, the and, and that's why I was just sort of saying there, maybe, maybe this is not, it's not intentionally difficult, but on the reverse, having been an iPhone user since the iPhone launched, mm-hmm. You know, I bought one of the first ones, but not, like, since it launched. You know, a few weeks into it being a thing that you could buy. Wow. Uh, since then, I've got to say, like, the the takeover has not been a, a problem because I've always been on iMessage, and it's been good. So right. that's another one of those walled garden things, though, I think. On the inside, it's actually quite safe, and I feel comfortable with it, but... I can see, I can I can only imagine how frustrating that is. That suddenly this iPad starts like swiping all of the messages and redirecting yeah. them to only it. That's totally. horrific. It is. <laughs> well, I feel like it's it's kind of like
0: the it's like a Hotel California problem where it's really easy to migrate to to the iMessage thing. It's very difficult to migrate away from it. And I mean, to be fair, I think very few people do that. I it's pretty rare that I see an iPhone user go to Android. I've seen a couple of people try, and I've and uh, half the time it works, half the time it doesn't. Oh, Nick, oh, I have to tell you something. Um, yeah. So my brother messaged me this morning, and he was like, so the MacBook Air that we got my mother-in-law two years ago? Yeah, for Christmas, my father-in-law went and bought her like a $200 Windows laptop and to <sighs> replace the Mac. And I'm like, and <laughs> it's just like, why? Some people just don't care, you know? They just don't. I don't know, <laughs> who knows. Um, and so I told my brother, I was like, well ask if you can have the Mac, the MacBook Air and he was like, oh, I intend to. <laughs> so he's probably gonna score MacBook Air out of that, so good for him. That um, is horrific. Why, I, why would you do that to anybody? Well, here's the thing, Nick. I know some people out there that, I, I know a, a handful of people that have had iPhones in the past and then they went to Android because their carrier was doing like, get two free phones when you sign up for a third line, you know, something like that, right? Okay. And they just they just don't see the difference. I mean, I'm an Android user and I see the difference. You know? The me, like the the, the primary reason that I'm on Android is because I, I, I really like my Pebble smartwatch and it works better with my Pebble smartwatch and also I'm pretty cheap. You know, like I don't want to spend that much money on a phone right now. Um, yep. but I I see the difference. I mean I see it and I I want the polish that <laughs> iPhone has. I want it, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and I will get you it want someday. Blue
1: message bubbles.
0: Yeah, I want the blue message bubbles. I do. I, well, hilariously though, I'm so ingrained in Telegram and WhatsApp at this point that even when I do get over to, uh, there's literally one person that I stubbornly have to use SMS to talk to because he's on iPhone and he's like, okay. no, I'm not going to install any other apps. I use iMessage. That's what I use, and that's all I use. It's miserable. I can't send in pictures of anything. I can't. just doesn't happen because for whatever yeah. reason, picture messaging just does not work for me. It just doesn't. I can't send picture messages. I can't receive them. They just don't work. Um. Uh, so it's text only. So I have to you tweet.
1: Get, yeah. Did you, I was just just on picture messages. Did you used to get uh multimedia messages where the carriers would allow you to send a really low res picture, but it would cost you you know three three dollars or three pounds.
0: You know, it's been a long time since I've had any restrictions like that. Um, back when I got my very first cell phone, I had 10 free text messages per month uh, yep. and, and then no MMS at all. Uh, okay. And then within like a week of that, I was like, wow, this sucks. And I started paying the extra $20 a month to get unlimited text <laughs> messaging. So I yes. never really had that horrible restriction. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is my wife and I, we had some guests, uh, some people who actually did, didn't know came and stayed with us for a couple of days. Some friends, uh, they're a younger couple, they were they were in town for like a doctor's appointment for their child who's had some medical problems or something like that. And they came and stayed with us. And I was like, uh, hey, do you guys need the Wi-Fi password? And they're like, no, nope, we're good. We have unlimited data. And <laughs> right. that just makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up because I'm like, oh! Even I have unlimited data, but I always use Wi-Fi when I can because there's just it just feels like a consumable resource And I just can't bring myself to just stream 10 hours of Netflix on T-Mobile. I just can't do it And so I don't know what do you do do there? Like do you have unlimited data, but do you still seek Wi-Fi? Like how do you how how do you react when someone passes up your free Wi-Fi and chooses to use their unlimited data instead
1: I I'm quite comfortable with that because it's what I do whenever I'm out of the house. Like I uh, I will join hotel Wi-Fi, but mm-hmm. I would rather use my cellular data.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: But All right, so maybe it is just it, but, me then. No, but data's just cellular data is much cheaper, I think over here. That was like certainly something that came up in conversation with Keith at one point where, you know, the just just historically it's been cheaper to get data from the mm-hmm. cellular carriers. But mm-hmm. but I would say, though, that I get faster speeds from my home broadband connection plus Wi-Fi than I right. do over my cellular. Yeah, it's definitely
0: faster here. You know why I think, um, when I say here, I mean uh, my Wi-Fi at home is definitely faster than my my T-Mobile 4G stuff. Um, one thing although the upload is way better it's hilarious like yes. my download is better on my DSL at home my upload is better on T-Mobile yeah, yeah. Um, you know one reason why I think it might be why cell phone plans might be just more expensive in the US is just the the geographic scope is just yeah. wildly different here it's just we have yes. so much just empty spaces that they have to cover that could have something to do with it
1: oh I think um, I think that's absolutely right
0: But, but even today, I mean, I, we pay, I think we pay $90 or $80 a month for three unlimited everything plans. And it is truly unlimited. Like T-Mobile says like, yeah, it's, it's totally unlimited. I I think when you hit like top, like one or 2% of users, they'll start to throttle you, but it is truly unlimited. I don't don't know if it's similar there. Like, is your, is your stuff like truly unlimited? Do you get it all over the Uh, UK and Europe?
1: Like, what's that like? Yeah, for the UK, I think we had uh, there was a carrier called Three, and they were the they were the kind of the bad boy who came in and offered unlimited, and it truly was unlimited, but within reason. So they did they did shut some accounts down for mm-hmm. running you know hundreds of gigabytes per month through it. But right, yeah, I was a three I was a three customer for a while, and yeah, the, the, I certainly was never curtailing my use of data because I was worried about. Running out, right? It's weird. I know
0: I have unlimited data, but I still there's just something about cellular data just still feels like a finite resource to me, and sure, and so I still opt for Wi Fi whenever I can. And I've had multiple people come into the house and refuse the Wi Fi to use their. No, I have unlimited data; it's fine. And I am just, I I just don't. It's it just goes against the fabric of my being to willingly use. Cellular data instead of Wi-Fi, but I don't know. Maybe it's because of my So occupation. I
1: don't know whether this is r- related or not. But it, like the cost of convenience, and this is this is a topic that I want to talk about to you about in more detail, but not today. But mm-hmm. but the the convenience. I'm using convenience rather than laziness factor. Okay, is okay. quite 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 powerful, and I just wonder. I mean, it's probably partially the same thing for me using. Cellular data rather than hotel Wi-Fi, but maybe, maybe your maybe your visitors are just like, well, yeah, we could join your Wi-Fi, and that would save me some of my unlimited data. But actually, the process of you telling me your Wi-Fi code is, I just don't want to do that.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, and it's th- like their threshold, their threshold for putting up with tech is way lower than mine, way lower.
1: Yeah, possibly, possibly, but like I. It's the same thing as you know when I visit my parents' house like their Wi-Fi is not necessarily very certainly no faster than my cellular so I would I would definitely rather stay on my 3G than I would be to join a wireless network but then on top of that you've got to go through the oh what's the Wi-Fi password and they oh yeah. I don't know let's yeah. go and have a look at the box and then you go to the box and then you pull out maybe you pull out a little card from the box and then you go so capital X, yeah. A lowercase z, and you're yep. like, oh, why yep. am I doing this? <laughs> yep.
0: So one thing that I've intended to do for a long time is, uh, you know how uh, with the camera and iOS, if you point it at a QR code that's formatted correctly, it'll plug in the SSID and passphrase for you automagically. Uh, so yeah. one thing I've been intending to do for a long time is generate said, a said QR code and then hand it over to my wife and say, "Hey, do some of your cutesy graphic design, you know, frame it, make it look nice." And you say, "You know, home is where the Wi-Fi connects automatically with a little QR code or something like that, and frame it and stick it on the wall somewhere, so that way, you know, anybody that comes in the house and says, and, and let's let's face it, most of the people that come into my house have an iPhone. They, yeah. I say, hey, do you want a Wi-Fi? And if they say yes, I say, just point your camera at that QR code and you will be connected. Uh, so, okay you know, maybe, maybe that would ease the pain
1: a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I think that probably would. And I haven't tested that, but I, I think I, I I might do. I might do. However, the one, the one thing there that must be now brought up, and we experienced it very briefly when, when you were, when you were visiting me in the UK. It
0: was glorious. I know of the exact event that you're <laughs> you, speaking and it was amazing. You know where I'm going. I do.
1: <laughs> because the once again back into that warm safe walled garden uh apple to apple device if you get if you get one device uh, who has the wireless password and is on that network and then another one who is not on that network joins but it's very close by then they kind of do this hey do you know the password and then a little message pops up on the already joined device and goes hey this guy is trying to join the wi-fi do you want to give him the password it was amazing
0: i i pulled out my ipad and i hey hey what's your wi-fi nick and you were like oh it's you know it's uh some the astrovan appreciation club or something like that appreciation society yes that's right yep and uh and i i just tapped on the network and then i started and 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 I was like, hey, what's your passphrase? And you're like, hang on. And boom, I was connected. And I was like, <gasps> what? what just happened? It was, it was so beautiful. And yet another one of those things that makes me think, yeah, it's not a question of it's not a question of if. It's a question of when will I get an iPhone. That's what it's coming down to. So one last thing too uh Mm -hmm. we kind of got we kind of got on this whole rabbit trail of the uh the mobile data thing because i i mentioned that i have so many issues with mms picture messaging video messaging quote unquote video messaging it's i don't know (laughs) you can't even call it that on on mms it's awful i use just an unlocked phone i did not buy my phone from t-mobile and for whatever reason like i said picture messaging mms just does not work for me I think it's because I have a third-party phone because I went out and bought my own unlocked phone. And uh, huh. there's there's also some complexity going on with Wi-Fi calling. It's like whenever Wi-Fi calling is, is on, that either makes it work or not work. And it seems like if I toggle Wi-Fi on and off, that will kick it loose sometimes. And then MMS sporadically begins working again or doesn't. <sighs> it's just... Mm. Yeah, I don't know. So I think, you know, just, just to put the listener at ease as to like why I'm having these issues, I think it's because I'm using a, a, an unlocked phone instead of a an official, you know, T-Mobile provided okay. phone, something like that. I don't know.
1: You but mentioned it, Wi-Fi calling. Have you had any positive experiences with Wi-Fi calling? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, really? it works
0: great. Yep, yep, it works great. Uh, I've noticed that it seems pretty picky about what networks it will do it on. It seems like it only does it on five gigahertz, uh, right? But yeah, no, it, it really does work just fine as long as I good ha- have good signal strength, as long as I have good SNR, as long as I have you know all those check boxes for things that we look for as wireless network engineers. Uh, it, it works great. If it's a crappy network, then it doesn't work great. But what I find is that it usually will not enable if the network is not great. So yeah, it's it's actually I found it to be pretty reliable.
1: Okay. So for me, I, I used it, I tested it for maybe three or four telephone calls, and the calls were lower quality than they would have been if I just disconnected from the Wi-Fi and used the one or two bars of cellular signal that my device was getting in that particular location. And this was with a good Wi-Fi network, like my home network. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have just found Wi-Fi calling to not be an advantage at all hmm interesting
0: uh there is one place that i can tell you our wi-fi calling was a, an absolute it was a win for us uh mm-hmm. it, not our last house but the house before we lived in a kind of a snooty uh part of of the treasure valley here um have you ever seen the tv show parks and rec do you ever watch that
1: no but i know
0: of its existence you know of its existence well a little backstory is that they're a, they're a parks and recreation department for a small city and there's a neighboring city called eagleton and eagleton is like really snooty to them all the time they're like better than them well hilariously here in boise we actually have a little city called eagle and it's like the snooty part of town it's hilarious but it's it's real um <laughs> And one problem with that is because it's all snooty wealthy people that live there. Um, the cell carriers could not get any cell sites. No one would allow a cell tower to go in anywhere. So we—it was a snooty community with bad cell service, <laughs> and so and everybody's like, "The ah. cell service is awful." Okay, let's put another tower. No, no towers. So because we lived in this little hole, I had you know we had um, uh, we, we had DSL at home and I had Wi-Fi, and so Wi-Fi calling saved us there. Because I could actually have phone calls, even though we had almost no cell service, it would just flop over to Wi-Fi, and we would use it there. So now, here in my the house that we're in now, I have great cell service in my house, so it doesn't really matter. But in the, that house, it was really, really nice to have Wi-Fi calling.
1: Okay, I I don't I don't think the technology. Is, I don't think it's a you know waste of time or anything like this. But uh, unfortunately, so far I've not found it to be useful but maybe maybe i will at some point in the future i can see why it would be useful Mm -hmm. but but it's one of those things where
0: yeah there's a few corner cases where it's really nice to have but it adds a lot of complexity and thus just doesn't work
1: yeah and did you you ever try wi-fi calling and then roaming onto the cellular network um it's been a long time since i've tried well okay no i i i
0: have done that here at my house uh that does not work so okay for example if i'm on the phone. And I go out to my garage and get into my car. My phone will roam. I actually have an AP in the window in the garage that actually sees down the street fairly far. And mm-hmm. so uh, and so when we drive down the street and away from my wireless network, then the call usually drops. But sometimes it will hand off. You get like a three or four second pause and then you get it back. Um, and yeah it's, it is interesting though like our neighborhood uh, in our house it's pretty good but as you drive into the neighborhood cell service is actually really bad and so I don't know it's like it's like give-and-take like on one hand it's really nice to have for that one little stretch when you're driving down the street but then it doesn't really reliably roam on and off the network but I, I think that's probably mostly due to the the poor cell service in that
1: area of the neighborhood that we have to drive through okay but, but the transition though that 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 failed miserably
0: it it did back in the day it did because the cell service was bad and here in our neighborhood it also usually fails but i think again that's because that stretch of the street cellular service is bad it's really weird we have this like dichotomy here where in our house the cell service is pretty good when you drive down the street the cell service is not good so Hmm. and that is where the transition needs to happen that's where i need to roam from wi-fi to cellular and that typically yeah. does not work, but but again, I think it's primarily due to the fact that it's, there's just poor cellular coverage down the street.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Great, man. Um, I think, I think, I think that pretty much wraps up the things that I really wanted to uh, raise with you today.
0: Yeah, that was that was good. I'm glad we got to hash some of that stuff out. Um, yeah, talking about the Prusa Mini, I've been really wanting to talk to you about that. And hearing about you know your WhatsApp versus versus Telegram
1: woes and and all that, so yeah. actually so, just on the WhatsApp thing, I found mm-hmm. and maybe this is part partially what you know pushed me over the edge as well. But I found on Twitter or actually I found a website called the WhatsApp Beta Group, Ooh. and apparently WhatsApp are developing a new iOS app, and there is a private beta of it, but the beta was full, and kept trying to make it clear that i wanted to join this group but it just wasn't happening and then i was getting more and more angry with like all of the apps on my phone have now got dark mode except whatsapp so then it's late at night and you hover over whatsapp and suddenly (laughs) it's blinding you in your face so maybe maybe whatsapp will come out with a really hot app and then you know maybe that will then replace uh telegram again but let's
0: let's wait and see Facebook if you're listening please please give us a, please give us a, a a proper iPad app please it's 2020 yeah. let's make it happen come on guys just do it if you do that I'm I'm <laughs> probably back over I'm probably back over to WhatsApp almost for good
1: <laughs> until until the next thing comes along
0: well yeah until the next thing comes yeah. along uh, until a significant amount of my friends are like hey you should join this new chat thing and I'll be like fine whatever and then I join it and it's better and yeah <laughs> and the cycle starts again so well, Nick, nice thanks one. so much for talking. Really good to uh to speak with you again and I'm um, looking forward to uh the next time cuz there's a there's a bazillion more things to talk about. This is there's we just have this giant backlog of things to talk about and I'm looking
1: forward to working through all that. Perfect. Thanks very much, man. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.